You're listening to Parenting in the First Three Years, the place where we explore the strategies and soul of parenting from pregnancy through the first three years of life. I'm your host, Ann McKittrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm so happy to introduce today's guest, Dimpna Kennedy. She's the founder of Creating Balance, a parenting and early childhood organization that's dedicated to helping parents navigate and understand the importance of the first 1,000 days of life. She's the co-author of two books, Remote Working and Women Leading, and has a new book for fathers coming out early next year, as well as a couple of children's books. A fun fact about Dempna is that she offers dads-only parenting classes in her hometown in Australia, where dads bring their babies by themselves to learn practical care and how to best connect with their new baby while the moms have a little break. I know you're going to love her beautiful accent, so enjoy my conversation with Dempna Kennedy. Here we go. Well, Dimpna, thank you so much for being with me on the podcast today. I can't wait to hear your wisdom for brand new parents, especially, but for all parents. So I'm so glad you're here with me. Thank you. Thank you, and for having me. It's a, a privilege and an honor. So, you know, when any of us hear a baby cry, you know, it just seems to send these creepy crawlies down us. We want that baby to stop crying, whether it's our own baby or a baby you know, out in public or wherever. There's just something about a crying baby that is very bothersome to us. And all of that is put into place for really good reasons. But I know that you have done a lot of work around this. And so what what would you say is a person's common emotional response to hearing their tiny little baby cry? Uh, Gosh, I, I, I do feel it's that instant terror of what, what is wrong can I fix it? What should I do? Um, and I think the initial reaction is to fix and 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 fix the baby, therefore stop the crying, rather than perhaps considering, taking a moment, breathing, considering and saying, they're communicating to me. They're saying something. They have a need that needs met. And this is how they can let me know. So, and then going through what I've done is broken it down into five, I call checkboxes, five checkboxes that you can work through them and go tick, tick, tick. And I've covered what it is. So yeah, I think initially, and and this is very easy for for me to say sitting here, to, uh, you know, this evening, um, but what if it, you know, the cry happens at three in the morning and you're exhausted, um, it's very difficult to think in those logic terms. And yes, the response will be emotional. Mm-hmm. Right. I so remember the cry of a, a baby in the middle of the night when you're in a deep sleep and just having to wake up and, uh, you know, get yourself in there to take care of it. It is um, a different response in the middle of the night than other times. Yeah. Let's talk about what are those five things? What are those five? The first box. So if you think of five little boxes and you're going to start at the top box. And again, you can go in any order, but this is the order that that I work through with the family. So the first box has hunger. So it's saying, 
is there a possibility that my baby could be hungry? If you have just fed your baby, you might say, no, no, I can tick that box. It's definitely not hunger. Then we can move to the next box and think, could they be in discomfort? Could they need comfort? So it may be there's some tummy pains there, some wind, um, they could be constipated, all those tummy issues. So then we move to that box. If they are still crying, you might have got a little burp up or maybe not, and you think, no, it's not that. Then the next box is care. And we look at the care and we think, are they too hot, too cold? Are they wet? Do they need changed? So we can do that and tick that box. The next box is sleep. Perhaps it's tiredness. And, and we can look at, an, you know, and it's set aside for another time, but looking at what are those signals, those signals for tiredness that we could perhaps say, yeah, actually, they've been up three hours they are due a little nap or they didn't nap long the last time or they missed a nap. So it may be sleep that you could tick that box. Now we've ticked four boxes and our baby still hasn't settled. So that leaves us with the fifth box, which is connection. Perhaps they just need a snuggle, a cuddle. Um, they just need company. So that's our five boxes that you can tick off and say, it is one of these five. Let's look at each one. And you can do it in any particular order. Go through them. And I think this gives us a sense of relief that it's it's one of these. You know, it's either hunger, they're either in pain, they need care, they need comfort, they need sleep, or they, they need changed. So it's keeping it really simple will, I feel, help parents greatly in those early days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those early days are, it, it can be a little confounding when when they just cry and uh, and you don't know what to do. And so those are such good, solid, tangible things that a, a person can know and, and go through. One thing I've noticed with a crying baby is that very often when you just walk outside, that change of environment will help to soothe them. And um, I've spent many a night walking our driveway with the baby, you know, for what feels like a really long time, just helping them settle in when they are unable to, to sleep or to, you know, to get what they need. So let's talk a, a little bit about that, about some of the the underlying causes, you know, that we can look at even beyond each of those ticks, each of those things on your checklist. Yes, because we can, you know, those five hunger, care, comfort, um, sleep and connection, we can tick those boxes, but this babies aren't boxes to tick. So we go a little bit deeper, a step deeper. And look at each one of those in reflection because parenting, we we parent better when we can reflect. And looking at 
what are our expectations? Are they realistic or are they unrealistic of the baby and of ourselves? The second one is engagement. How are we engaging with the baby in each of those five? Um, because babies learn so much through their interactions with us. And there is no substitute for you in helping a baby make those vital brain and neural connections. And then the third one is the environment. Being conscious of the environment that you're in. Is it safe? Is it secure? Is it responsive? Is it nurturing? And mm -hmm. just as you mentioned, sometimes that environment, we need to step outside. And it's amazing what a, the shade of a tree and that leaves blowing in the wind, that different environment can do to soothe and settle a baby. Mm -hmm. So yes, within each one, um, we need to actually go deeper and think, have we realistic expectations? And I'll use sleep as an example. Have we realistic expectations around sleep? How do we engage with our baby in sleep? And I like to see sleep not as nap time at 9.30 a.m. or 1 p.m. or bedtime at 7 p.m., but seeing sleep as a journey. What they do throughout the day will impact their ability to be able to sleep and rest. And then, of course, the environment. What is that sleep environment like? Mm -hmm. Is it a place that feels safe and secure? Is our interactions with them one that is nurturing and responsive that will help sleep? Mm -hmm. So the ticking the boxes is initially to help us. Yes, it's one of these five. But once we've done that, once we found the box that remains unticked, we need to then go a little bit deeper and look at, think of expectations, think of engagement, think of environment. So it's the three E's. Mm -hmm. think yeah. yeah, and those three E's really do help us connect with the baby. And, and that's what builds this attachment and the trust that they need. Um, because you can you can feed a baby, you can, you know, put them to the breast, put a bottle in their mouth and be so disengaged as you're feeding them. And that's not um, giving them what they need as far as connection goes. Well, actually, there are times when you might need to do that just because of, of the way the day is going. And that's perfectly fine. But when we can have the eye contact and be talking to the baby and, and you know, engaging with them as they eat and uh, have our attention there as as much as possible. Um, I think that is, is something to consider just even in that one thing. Same with diaper changes and all of the care aspects of, of taking care of your baby. You can do it like a robot or you can do it like a person who is really seeking uh, attachment and security for the child. Absolutely. And you touched on a really good point, Anne. And for your for your parents listening, listening in, it's about being good enough often enough. Right. Knowing that 
you don't have to be a perfect parent. If you're the perfect parent, it means you, you're a bit robotic. You'll mm -hmm. never get anything wrong, never make a mistake, and you would be impossible to live with. Mm -hmm. What your child needs is a human, someone mm -hmm. who has the flaws, who makes mistakes, but dusts themselves off and starts again and, and keeps going. So good enough, often enough. Mm -hmm. Is all is what our babies need. Yeah, and, I love that. Yeah, creating just that lovely engaged environment that if we think of babies asking themselves, do I feel safe? Do I feel secure? Do I feel loved? We'll have a content baby when they're mm -hmm. nodding head. Mm -hmm. Those three questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know that, you know, oftentimes people talk about parents have this kind of gut instinct. How do you talk with brand new parents about that? What, what, how would you describe that? And how can a person sort of nurture their inside telling them how to do these things versus the outside noises and voices coming in and say, do this, do this, do this. How can you oh, learn to trust yourself? And parents today have at their fingertips a vast amount of information, which is brilliant, but it's also concerning because when you have access to so much information, the chances of it being conflicting is really, really high. And how do we know what to believe, what's best? Every parent wants the best for their child. They want to do the best. But when you have conflicting information that can either swing too far one way or too far the other way, it's not good either for the baby if it goes too far one way, and it's not good for the parent if it swings too far the other way. Mm -hmm. So how do we find that medium, that middle road, that guiding compass? And here's what I do. And I will, I, I will ask this to you, Anne. Think back, Anne, when one of your, your children was a baby. And my question to you would have been, I want you to imagine when your child is 18. In 18 years from now, I meet your child. And I'm going to ask your child one question. My question is, I remember meeting your mum or your dad 18 years ago. I'm curious, what type of mom was she? In one sentence, or it can be as little as three words, what would you love your child to tell me? So they're reflecting back and they're sharing with me what you were like. What would you love them to tell me? I always knew she loved me. Okay. Oh, she, I always knew she loved me. That is your guiding principle. Whenever you are stuck and you think, what do I do? Do I listen to this opinion or do I go with this advice? Step back and say to yourself, in what I'm about to do and how I'm about to respond, will it show up that I always love her? Mm -hmm. Then you will know the right thing to do. 
So as an example, one of the most controversial topics is sleep training. Mm -hmm. Should we allow our baby to cry it out? Or should we hop out of bed straight away and be by the side or perhaps they're at the side of our bed? What should I do? I'm, I'm getting torn. If your response is your baby is crying three o'clock in the morning and you're not sure, do I respond or do I not? I want you to go back and say, is what I'm about to do showing that I have been there for her, that I've always loved her? So therefore, your choice is go and comfort your baby or turn around and pull the blankets up over your ears. Mm-hmm. You will know what you want because what your vision is, today is a good day to start it, mm-hmm. to make it a reality. That is the steps I, I take parents through when they're torn, and that is to listen to their internal voice and always make the voice on the inside louder than the noise on the outside because mm-hmm. it's it's never far wrong right that is um absolutely beautiful and i know that it's comforting for people to hear that because they do know what their guiding principle is they do know what they the kind of parent they want to be i mean this is this is what we we think about throughout the whole time of preparation of getting a baby, whether you're adopting or or um, going through a pregnancy. And so it is, it's just a walking out of what you have already decided you want for your child and uh, the kind of parent you want to be, and then letting that guide you. I love that. It's just really beautiful. Well, I think those are some um, really great words of wisdom. And I know that um, especially those parents of really young children, but this really works for all children, you know, even even up into elementary years, you know, to keep those guiding principles and even to look at their tears in the same way, because those same tick boxes count for a six-year-old or a three-year-old or a, a newborn. It's It's really interesting. So do you have any last thoughts or words of encouragement for folks before we wrap this up? Look, my, I, I would go back to what I've just shared with you, everyone listening in, to write down what they would love their child to say about them in one sentence when they're 18 or they're 20, and then let that be your guiding principle in those difficult moments when you really don't know what to do or you're so exhausted. Mm-hmm. Second one would be be good enough often enough. Seek that and you will never, never go too far wrong. Mm-hmm. Great words. Thank you so much for being with me here today. I really uh, have enjoyed visiting with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've I've loved it. Thank you. Yeah. If you love today's episode, take a minute and subscribe to our podcast. And one last thing, I'd love to pray for you and your baby if you'd like for me to. You can email me at ask at nurturednoggins.com. Your request can be as simple as just one word, or it can include an explanation. Either way, you can trust that I will pray for you. It's a quiet, simple way that I can connect with you and your family and support you in your parenting journey.